Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around Many you. Many times people think that the Old Testament God is a God that is very much up in heaven killing people with lightning like Zeus or something along those lines and somebody that's judgmental and fierce and wrathful and all those things. And, 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 and you, you, you see the judgment of God obviously on display in the Old Testament. I'm not trying to over past that very quickly but what I want you to recognize is that the judgment or the wrath of God comes from a heart of of the love of God that may be misunderstood if you read too quickly in it you know if you would see a parent that is disciplining their child you may have a misunderstanding of the way that parent loves their child I don't know of any true loving parent that enjoys disciplining their children. I don't mean abusing. I mean disciplining them. I don't know of anybody that enjoys discipline. I certainly don't. And I know many people that I've talked to have not. It is not part of it. It is not, it's not the part of, of parenting that we want to do. But it's the necessary part in order for the child to grow and understand and be a productive part of society. So you have to discipline. And so there. So there is that element there, but it needs to be tempered with the understanding that God is a God of love, and he loves. The Bible tells us clearly that, that in 1 John, God is love. He loves us. He loves this people. He loves this world. He loves us all. The Bible tells us in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there is the clear definition of the love of God that is found throughout Scripture. And so what we find... In the Old Testament, you see a heart of a God that loves this world. And it's many times, as I said, it's misunderstood in a way. And I want you to see, I want you to follow with me. And I'm going to take you through some strange and different parts of Scripture. Because I think if you miss if you if you miss this, we got to start kind of at the beginning to, to grasp what's going on here. And so let's finish the story of Ruth, and then let's begin in the book of Deuteronomy. So Ruth's story concludes in this way. The, 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 the relative that was able to redeem Ruth had to redeem not only the land, but had to, re, had to redeem Ruth as well. Meaning that he had to marry her and allow for an heir to be born. And this was not something this man wanted to do. Something, of course, Boaz was ready to do. And as you read the story, Boaz completes this transaction with this man and finishes it off in the, in the, place, of, in the place of all these elders. Now, and skip to verse 11. The Bible says, And of all the people who were at the gate, and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. May you prosper in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez. Remember that guy? Remember Perez all the way back? Remember the house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. 
because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. You see how we have gone from We've gone from Judah's side all the way down. We've went from Ruth's side to the people of Moab all the way down. We've come to this place of both the side of Judah and the side of Moab. And it's going to be redeemed in this situation. And the Bible says in verse 13, so Ruth took, excuse me, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. And also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there was a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. And he is the father of Jesse and the father of David. Now this is a genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Nashon, Nashon begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. So here we see this, this completion and the birthing of the line of kings. But more than that, what you see now is, a, is an example of what it means to be redeemed. When everything is dead and there is no hope, the Redeemer comes in and delivers you and sets you free and pays the price. And where we are in, in this book of Ruth, there's such a beautiful passage of, and it goes beyond just a love story. It goes deep, deeper than that. It goes into the relationship of God and this world and how it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you started or your genealogy. God can take where you are and redeem you and use you. You see, I wasn't born to wealthy parents. I wasn't born to different types of uh, people that would be that would be successful in the eyes of the world. And I was born in this world, and I was born, the Bible tells us, with all of us are born in sin. We all in sin, our mothers conceived us. We all have the same problem, but and we all need a redeemer. Somebody to come buy us back from the pits of hell. To redeem us from all the trouble. Now, I want you to see something very important. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy 23. It's probably a passage that you don't spend a lot of time studying. But it is very important to this. I have emphasized to you over and over and over again, Ruth is a Moabite. That's who she is. That's where she's come from. Let's read what Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 23. The Bible says, Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, He who is emasculated by crushing or mutilation shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. One of an illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. 
none of his descendants shall enter into the assembly of the Lord. Verse 3, an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. None of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord forever. We've got an issue. Because David is about three or four after Ruth. Y'all with me? And so we go on. And why? Because they did not meet you with bread and water on the road that you came out of Egypt, because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, the Pethior of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. What your, this is a quick lesson. What the enemy wants to curse you with, God's going to turn it into a blessing. Because why? Because he loves you. Oh, that's powerful. Now, you shall not seek their peace nor their prosperity all your days forever. Now, let's go back to Ruth. We see she is a Moabite. Now we kind of understand the relative. Verse Ruth chapter 4 verse 6. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. Yeah, you see this now. You see the, the, the Old Testament, so this close relative. Now, if you remember in Ruth chapter 3, that Boaz was very careful about Ruth and protected Ruth because she was a Moabite, because he was, he was afraid for her safety if she was found out walking by herself. The people, of, but, but as she has continued to prove herself as a faithful person to Naomi and has continued, eventually she is accepted into the community as Boaz has redeemed her. She is now part of the community. She, she, has, she has been purchased and she has been bought with a price. Now, I want to show you something, and I, and I want to, the scripture has something powerful here. We see, I read chapter 23, verses 1 through 6 of Deuteronomy and on purpose, because I want to see how that compares to another chapter in just a moment. But I want you to follow with me about David. David was a, was a young man. The Bible introduces us to him. He is out as a shepherd, the last of the children of Jesse. He is out tending sheep. He is out and a shepherd boy. And what do we know that he is known for? He is known for worship. He is known for worship, and he is known as a young man that trusts in the Lord. The Bible kind of paints this picture of a young man that is Worshipping in the field and worshipping out on the hillside and worshipping around the sheep. But he's worshipping wherever he goes. 
And I want to give you a possibility and, and, but that I want to kind of pull out here in Scripture that will I, that'll make you think about the Old Testament and try to gather what, what the Old Testament is trying to tell you about David. You see, what David, it appears to me, is that David has been excluded from everything. David is not allowed with all the other places. And David, and, and if the Moabite tradition has continued on, David's not around or allowed in the presence of a tabernacle. What me? He's not in the loud in the presence. So what does David do? He worships all by himself. You see, what people, what you are introduced to as a young man that does not allow circumstances to prevent him from worshiping his God. What you're introduced to is somebody that already is showing the heart of a king who is not allowing the world to tell them that God is not, cannot be worshiped by him. You see, where others may exclude you, God will include you. Where others will cast you out, God will let you in if you have a heart for him, if you have a heart for the Lord. And so what we see is a young man that is probably as a descendant of the Moabite, a descendant of a Moabitess. And I asked a, somebody one time, and, they, and no one could really answer me this question. So if you've got a good answer, you can come talk to me about it. But I don't see anywhere where it says that he, he's inside of a tabernacle until he builds one himself. And so when you see David, you find this young man, and he is built building what he calls a tabernacle of praise. Now what you find is David wrote, wrote most of the Psalms in Psalm, in, in the book of Psalm. Look at Psalm 15. Now think about it. This is possibly from a man that is not allowed to be where, where the priests are. But listen to what he says. He asks the question, Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Or who may dwell in your holy hill? You, hear, you see what I'm saying? You see, he's not allowed in. But he says, here's who's really allowed in. It's not about your heritage. It's not about your family. It's about this. It doesn't matter where you were born or who your great-great-grandmother was. It matters, the Bible says in Psalm 15, verse 2, he who walks uprightly, who works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he who honors, excuse me, but he honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to, not, to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money to usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent he who does the thing these things shall never be moved David never says who's where who's your parents he says you got to live this way and you can come into the tabernacle you can go into the holy hill you can walk you see 
You may come to this church, and your family may have been to this church, but your family's not going to get you into glory. You've got to walk uprightly. You've got to live righteously. You've got to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've got to live like you love the Lord, and he's got to be first in your life. Your family cannot get you in, and on the other side, your family cannot keep you out. Doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter if your mother was the lowest of the lows. My God can redeem you and pull you out and pay your price and bring you into his tabernacle. It does not matter where you were born. It matters whose you are in Jesus Christ. This is the message of the Old Testament. This is what they are preaching in the New Testament. Excuse me. This is what they are declaring in the New Testament. They are telling you, you don't have to worry about your birth. You don't have to worry about it because the Bible says Jesus came into his own and his own did not know him. So then he opened opened up the floodgates and he said, whoever wants to come in, whosoever shall love the Lord, whoever wants to come in and be be with him, he will give you the right to become the sons of God, children of the Father. You are able to do this because he has purchased you. Mm. Read with me. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. Isaiah 56. Okay. Remember Deuteronomy 23. We're going to go back to Isaiah 56. I preached a little bit about Isaiah Sunday night. Then we go from Sunday, remember 40, Isaiah 40, the people are in exile. Isaiah 52, 53, we talked about Sunday night, the servant of the Lord. Now Isaiah 56, the people of Israel are in bondage still yet. They are in bondage and they are in trouble. They are in big trouble because when they, were, when they were led away into captivity, there were vile things done to, their, to them. And I, I briefly went over it really quickly one Sunday morning when I talked about Daniel. Or maybe in last Wednesday night, I can't remember. But it's very, very, one of the things that Nebuchadnezzar did to the young men, especially in their court, was those that made them eunuchs. Now, what does Deuteronomy 23 say? They're not allowed in. That's what it says. They've got a problem. They're coming home, and they can't worship. What is Isaiah prophesying here? Isaiah 56 He says, thus says the Lord, keep justice, do righteousness. Does this sound like Psalm 15? For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord, foreigner would be a Moabite, speak 
saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people, nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me and hold my fast and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to where? My holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Do you remember who quoted this? Jesus. When the people were preventing people from coming in, when the money changers were keeping people out, Jesus got angry. It was the only time in the New Testament that we see him violent. He got violent when you keep people out of his church. He gets violent. You want to get the judgment of God against you? Keep children away from the house of God. Keep families away from the house of God. Put up a wall around your house and don't allow God. God will move on and he will take his spirit somewhere else. But if you want to be pleasing to the Lord, open up the doors and let whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let God be God and let your place be called a house of prayer. The Lord God, verse 8, who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. Hmm. So what you see is you see something instituted by David. David wrote Psalm 15. David outcasts out on the hill family is not allowed even 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 when Samuel comes by he's not even included in that regard but David does not allow circumstances to stop his worship David does not allow situation to stop where he is you see the reason why I want you to get this tonight is that so many times we allow our life experiences to be an excuse of why we can't praise God God says listen if you would just praise me I'll redeem you. If you would just worship me, I will pull you out. You think you've come too hard and struggled too far? Listen, my son has paid the price for you. You can, you can be redeemed. You can be strong. You can do these things because he's opening the door for all. You see, there is now. I want you to see another story. I'm running out of time. Fast and furious here. Second Samuel. Chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Hmm. And all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Lord. What do you see here? It didn't have to be in a tabernacle for the blessing of the Lord to be there. 
So David went and brought up the ark of God out of the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Hear me tonight. You see, what we're going to see here is you're going to see David as he now sees something going on here. God has God is going to unite the kingdom under one man's rule, the man called David. And God is blessing a man that the world has called an outcast, that the world has forgotten about, that the world doesn't even know his name, that he's not no one famous in Israel. He's no one famous in the land of Israel other than his possible connection to the story here in Ruth. But what you will find out later on is that prophecy of those women that said may their name be famous is going to really come forth under this young man called David. And now, verse 16, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. You see, she sees, she knows the tradition. She knows what's supposed supposed to be going on she understands he's he's not supposed to have this opportunity but David doesn't care what she thinks about him she does he doesn't care so they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord David is acting like a priest he's not even following what Moses had said he's doing his own thing here he's saying I want to preach so bad hold on and when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts then he distributed among all the people among the whole multitude of Israel with the women and men to everyone a loaf of bread a piece of meat and a cake of raisins so all the people departed everyone to his house then David returned to bless his household and Michal the daughter of Saul came out to meet David how glorious was the king of Israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will hum be be humble in my own sight but as for the main servants whom you have spoken by them I will be held in honor what is he saying to her finally I get to preach here you see what he's telling them he's saying listen God brought me out of the woods he brought me out of the hills he brought me out of a dark place and he made me king he chose me I wasn't the lineage that I should have been I wasn't the family that I should have been but he chose me your your father 
father was the house of Saul. Your father was the tribe of Benjamin. Your, your, your family line was pure, but, but God chose me. And I don't need to have these outward adornments. And I don't need to have all this show about me to impress anybody around here. All I want to do is impress my God. And I'm going to take off the things of this world. And I'm going to put these things down and say, it's only God that has brought me out. It's only God that redeemed me. It's only God that gave me grace. It's God that blessed me. It's God that forgave me. It's God that brought me out. It's God that saved my soul and saved my house and saved my family. I don't need robes of kingship. I don't need fancy cars and and big houses. All I need is the Lord of hosts who is on my side. Where would I be without the Lord? Praise God in this place. We live as people of David. We don't have any right to anything. No one that I'm aware of in this room is Jewish. But what I know is the Lord swung wide the door. Now, here's the problem. There's way more I have to give you and I don't have time to. But Amos chapter 9, verse 11 says this. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David. What did we just see? The building? David's tabernacle with the ark in it. What does that tabernacle represent? It represents everybody that anybody that wants to come worship the Lord. You can come worship God. Because God blessed a man called David, whose great-great-great-grandmother was Ruth, a Moabite, who should have been cast out to the 10th generation, who should have been lost, who should have never had access, who should have never been in. But the Lord chose David and brought him into the place. Now follow with me. Well, the Bible says in Acts, uh, excuse me, oh, Amos 9:11, and repair its damages. And I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Here's what we find in many places. We find that when the tabernacle of David is in ruins, what you are seeing is that the common people can't come to the house of God. So what we find is the book of Acts. And I want to finish bringing this to us. You know the story. The Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2. The evidence was speaking with other tongues. The power of God filled them, but they were all Jewish. And they all stayed within their Jewish circle. It all got blew up by a guy named Saul who changed his name to Paul. And he went out and began to be a missionary. However, before that, you've seen even Peter having a dream where he is on top of it. On top of a house, he has a dream, not to go in all the dream. But the point is, is that God is telling Peter, don't call uncommon what I have called clean. And so he changed. So Peter goes down. He sees this Gentile who wants to give his life to Jesus. He preaches the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit falls just like on the day of Pentecost. To this Gentile. Well, they got problems. Because the Jews think it's only for them. I've got another strand that I'm leaving out. The birth of the Pharisees. Which is out of Ezra. But I don't have time to get there. We're out of time. 
So you have this isolationist idea that it's only for them. And Paul says, no, it's for them all. It's for all the nations. So they have a big old meeting. Jerusalem Council. They come together in Acts chapter 15. And James, who's leading the church at that time, who's over all of it, is deliberating the meeting. And so you see in Acts 15, as Paul is beginning to describe what has happened with all the Gentiles. And then, verse 12, Acts 15, 12, the Bible says, Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out, them, out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. Amos. After this, I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. The story of Ruth is the background story of David, who builds a tabernacle so that it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter your family, all that matters is if you love the Lord and you want to come worship Him. You don't have to be a Jew. You don't have to be prestigious. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be any of these things. All you need is Jesus. The Bible says He came John chapter 1 verse 14 and tabernacle in Hebrew is what it means tabernacle but what you see is the word and he dwelt among us you see he came and dwelt among us but he came and rebuilt the tabernacle of David and he opened up the gate through his cross. Go ahead, sister. And he said, if you want to come worship, come in. If you want to be part, come in. If you want to spend time with me, come in. The prophecy is at an end. If you love the Lord, you can come. You can come. Nobody is excluded in the house of is the story of Ruth. And it's the birth of grace. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.